Gary Golston. All right. All right. First Corinthians chapter four. Your Bible ought to just fall open there by now. First Corinthians chapter four. Verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Hallelujah. 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 Now notice there's three things he speaks about there. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers. He calls us all ministers of Christ. Every single one of us is a minister of Christ. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be in the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Every single one of us is a minister of Christ, all right, and stewards of the mysteries of God. We're all stewards. We're all stewards of the mysteries of God. Every single one of us. It's not the responsibility only of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Those five or fivefold offices, all they have is additional responsibilities. But you're all ministers and you're all stewards of the mysteries of God. Every single one of us. Amen. So, ministers and stewards. Then, verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So now, faithful, we're all required to be ministers Stewards and faithful, every single one of us, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, all of the above, givers, no matter where you are in the body of Christ, you are required to be a minister, a steward, and faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's in all strata, across the board. You're required to be a minister, a good steward, and faithful, across the board. So you can't be up in one area and down in the other. You can't be up when it comes to reading your Bible and down when it comes to praying. You can't be up when it comes to praying and down when it comes to attending church. You can't be up when it comes to giving and down when it comes to walking in love. You are required across the board to be ministers, to be good stewards, and to be faithful across the board. And I think what happens with many of us is we look at certain parts of ministry as somebody else's responsibility. 
Can I get an amen? That's what happens to us. We look at that's their responsibility. Oh, that's pastor. He'll handle that. That's his job. That's not my job. That's his job. No, you are a minister. You are a steward. And you are to be faithful across the board. It does not matter. Again, that requires that we be faithful. We've been talking about stewardship per se when it comes to finances, our money, things like that. But that that works across the board. Doesn't matter where you are, what position you're in. You're required. Watch this. At work, you're a minister, a steward, and faithful, even at work. Because everything that we do is supposed to be as unto the Lord. Amen. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you're on vacation, you're required to be a minister, a steward, and faithful, even if you're on vacation. Like, uh, you know, I've said I've said for years that uh, uh, generally when I go on vacation, I don't go to church, even if it's even if it's Sunday. While I'm out there, I don't I don't necessarily go to church. Sometimes I do if if I want to or if I feel led of the spirit to go. But there's some folk that don't go to church when they're home. And then they say, well, I'm on vacation. I don't go to church. Well, that means you don't go to church no time. What difference does that make? <laughs> well, I don't have to. Now, now I got an excuse. Well, I'm on vacation. And pastors say when he's on vacation, he, that's because I'm in church all the time. Are you? Well, amen. See, there, there's a difference. You can't just take it and make a blanket thing out of it. You know, well, he don't go to church when he's on vacation. You know, don't worry, it doesn't work like that. And see, you can fool the people, but you can't fool God. He knows what you're doing all the time. He's on it. Amen. He neither slumbers nor sleep. He got plenty of time. Amen. So he, he keep up with every single one of us. Amen. And he's expecting us to be ministers, stewards, and faithful. That's what he's expecting from us. So anytime... You find yourself in a situation, we're talking about stewardship when it comes to money, uh, but anytime you find yourself in a, in a situation, just look back at those, three, at those three classifications, minister, steward, faithful. Do I qualify in this that I'm doing or in this that I'm not doing? Do I qualify? Am I okay in God's eyes? Am I acting as a minister? Am I acting as a good steward? Am I acting as a faithful individual? In God's eyes, not in my eyes. Because, see, we always make excuses for us. Amen. You do it, you a dog. I do it, I got a good excuse. Same thing. See, because we make allowances for self, but we don't make allowances for other people. That's the nature of people. That's what they do. But when you put it in, when you put it in the perspective of God's eyes, am I a good steward? Am I a good minister? Am I a faithful individual, a faithful person? Really got to consider it. So now I took the liberty of, I said, well, we do it. We do these things when it comes to, to, to God in the Bible. But even, even the, the plain old dictionary, even though. When you go back years ago, dictionaries were 
based on the Bible, whether you know it or not. That's where they, that's where they got their words from. So going back to the old Bible, I mean the old dictionary, a steward is a person, watch this now, put in charge of a large estate. A steward is a person put in charge of a large estate. God put us as mankind in charge of a large estate. What's the large estate? The earth. The earth. The earth. He put us in charge. We are stewards of the earth. I'm talking about from God's perspective now. We, we always want to, like I said, bring it down to a level where we can make excuses for ourselves. But God says that we are stewards of the earth, a large estate. We are an administrator as of finances and property. That's another uh, word for a steward. An administrator as of finances and property. An administrator, a steward, is an administrator as of property or finances. Now, the word declares to us that, that uh, we are not our own, we're bought with a price. So that anything that's under our control falls under that, bought with a price. So anything that we are in control of, whether it be a, a car or a house or a bank account, finances in any regard, actually, we're just stewards of what belongs to him. That's why the scripture also says that of a surety, you brought nothing into the world and you will take nothing out. Naked you came in, naked you're going out. Amen. So it all remains right here. And we are to be stewards of the things that we uh, seemingly possess while we're here, even from the dictionary. Now, also from the dictionary, faithful, watch this now, loyal. To be faithful is to be loyal. That's one of the things that I've always, always uh, measured myself by. I am loyal to people. People are not always loyal to me. But I'm loyal to people. I believe like Jesus when he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You might leave me, but I'll never leave you. That's just the way I set myself to be a loyal person. Because after all, that's what the father demonstrated to us is loyalty through Jesus Christ. He is loyal to us. He's never forsaken us. And he never will. No matter what we do, no matter how bad we act, no matter what we engage in, he still loves us, and he's still loyal to us. As uh, Sister Barbara likes to quote all the time from the word, he says he's forever married to the backslider. Forever married to the backslider. So in other words, you can't do anything bad enough for him to turn his back on you. What happens to people is people turn their back on him. He never turns his back on them because he's loyal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Another uh, word that's used to define faithful is conscientious. Conscientious. That means someone who is who works at something 
as though this is for me, whether it's for the Lord or for another person. They're conscientious about it. I want to do this and I want to do it the best that I can do it, even if it's for someone else. That's another that's another word defining faithful. And remember, the word declares that it is required that we be found faithful, that we be found conscientious, not slothful, not lazy. Amen. Not just doing enough to get by. Amen. Hallelujah. Nah, not just enough to get by. Because like I said, we can fool people, but we can't fool God. He sees and he knows. He knows our heart. He knows what we're thinking as well as what we're, what we're doing, what we're going to do. So, conscientiousness is a part of faithfulness. Now watch this. Accurate is another word defining faithful. To be accurate. To be accurate. To be correct. To be correct. To be accurate. And to, which means to be diligent. I'm going to check it again to make sure it's right before I clock out tonight. Amen. You know, before I punch out, I want to make sure that it's accurate, that it's done correctly. But nobody's around. Nobody can see me. God can. God can. And he requires that you be faithful, which means also accurate. Amen. Amen. So that means that if I'm going to be accurate about something, now remember where, where we started, stewardship regarding our finances. Stewardship regarding our finances. Stewardship regarding our finances. We got to be accurate. That's going to that's catch up with you in a minute. That's going to catch up with you in a minute. With our finances, we got to be accurate. In other words, if it's uh, if it's ten thousand dollars, and my tithe is a thousand dollars, I can't do nine hundred and say, "Well, that's that's good enough." Look at all that money. And you know, some of us we we shake our heads or we we giggle, but people do it all the time. They have a cutoff number. They have a cutoff number when it comes to you, and they got a cutoff number when it comes to God. And I've heard it said, oh, no, that's enough. That's enough. No, we, we can't get no more than that. That's enough. Cut it off right there. What do you mean cut it off right there? God requires you to be faithful, and that means accurate. Accurate means if it's $1,000, it's $1,000. It's not 999 are you getting anything? Amen. And this is just going back to old, old Webster. <laughs> Amen. Requires that we be accurate. Like I say all the time, you know, when, it, when you get a big piece of money, don't wait, don't tarry, don't think, don't consider. Write the check and throw it in and turn your back and walk away. So you can be accurate. Because whether you can count or not, God can Amen. Amen. Sure enough. Same thing when you owe somebody. 
You know you owe him $400. And you give him three. And then you wait. And you wait. And you wait. And they ain't said nothing. So you wait some more. And they ain't said nothing. So you wait some more. Hoping they'll think you took care of it. But you know. Whether they say anything or not. You know. And he requires that you be accurate. Oh. Don't get too many amens up in here. Hallelujah. This is this is all part of being faithful. That you be accurate. And then that you be reliable. Reliable. I can rely on you. Can God rely on you? I say, can God rely on you? It's raining. Will you melt? It's cold. Do you have a coat? It's hot. Do you have air conditioning? Yeah, at home. That's why I'm staying there. No, no, no. You got to be reliable. It's absolutely imperative. That's a part of being a good steward, of being faithful. Because they mean something. They mean something to God. And don't let people talk you out of it. You don't need all that. It's not about all that. All they're doing is trying to justify what they're doing. So they want you to join in with them. Didn't you ever hear of misery loving company? So does sin. Amen. That's why they try to get you to sin right along with them. So they don't feel so bad. All they're doing is trying to justify what they're doing, so they want you to join in with them. Didn't you ever hear of Misery Loving Company? So does sin. Amen. That's why they try to get you to sin right along with them, so they don't feel so bad. And then they want to fuss at you when you won't do it because you're making them look bad. Amen. Amen. I, I tell you, brother and sister, today is a day that God is requiring a higher level, not a higher level than he required in the past. He always required it, but he let us get by with it because of grace. But I submit to you that grace is running out. I submit to you that the age of grace is, is running out. And what, what happens is this. If you're not faithful before it runs out, you'll not be faithful when it runs out. And that's what you're going to be judged by. Because it doesn't matter how well you ran the race. It matters how you end up. That's what Revelation tells you all the time. He that endureth till the end shall be rewarded. Not the one who went halfway. Not the one who went three quarters of the way. Not the one who went up until the last day. It's he who endures to the end. They're the ones that's going to be rewarded. Amen. But it's just like, it's like I've always said. I mentioned it on Sunday. If you don't tithe $100, if 100000 comes across your path, it's going to be so difficult for you to write a $10,000 check. It will choke you. You talk about the choking point, you will choke I had no problem writing it, but I sure thought about it. 
Because I've been there. I had to write that one. <laughs> you know, I was right-handed. I wanted to write it with my left hand. Because my, my right hand wouldn't act right. It, 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 it was carrying on. <laughs> because I'm telling you, but you got, see, if you're faithful over the little, you'll be faithful over the much. He'll take care of you then like he took care of you before. But that's the measuring rod. He wants to check you out before. Amen. All right. Praise God. Now, all of this comes down to one word. And that's where I wanted to go today. It all comes down to one word. All of these things, steward, a person put in charge of a large estate, uh, an administrator as of finances and property, faithful, loyal, conscientious, accurate and reliable. All of those things come down to this one word, discipline. You can sum it all up in one word, discipline. That, and that's a dirty word to a lot of people. A whole lot of people, a whole lot of Christians. That's a dirty word because discipline costs you something. And folk don't like to be disciplined. They like to be disciplined where they like it. But when they don't like it, they don't want to be bothered. Hallelujah. Watch this. Discipline. Training that develops self-control. Discipline. Training that develops self-control. Remember what we, uh, what we taught you before from Proverbs? about train up a child in the way they should go. A train is on tracks. A train doesn't deviate from the tracks. It goes where the tracks go. To train a child is not to ask them if they want to. It's to command them to stay on the track. Discipline. Training that develops self-control. It develops self-control. Training develops self-control that's why i've always said you know like when it comes to church especially with with young kids and you know and when they try to get rebellious and all the rest of that no you don't ask them to come to church you train them you make them come and the day will come where they will tell you if you don't train them because of the way you did not train them your lack of training Them little suckers are smart. They will train you if you don't train them. Amen. So discipline is a training. And that training develops self-control. 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 I like that word. Because it's not talking about anybody outside. It's talking about you. Self-control. Most people are out of control. You don't need anybody else to tell you what to do when you're self-controlled. You'll do what's right because it's right. Because you have self-control. That's what's wrong with a lot of the, 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 the youth that we see out here today. And not all of them. There's a whole lot more that are good than are, that are bad. But they only show you the bad ones. 
because they want you to think all of them are bad. But that's not true. A lot of them have self-control because they were trained at home. You can't let the school train them. You train them. All right. Training that develops self-control. And watch the next word. Training that develops self-control, comma, efficiency. Efficiency. Discipline leads to efficiency. That sounds a whole lot like accurate and reliable. Training <laughs> that develops self-control also de de develops efficiency. They will be an efficient person. They'll not be haphazard, halfway, get the job half done. They'll become efficient because they're self-controlled, because they were trained, because they have discipline. Are you following this? I, I want you to follow this because this is important. We, can, we see adults who don't qualify according to these definitions because <laughs> they were never disciplined. They were never trained. So they just become out-of-control adults. Hallelujah. That's why they can't stay still in church because they were never trained as a child. And we see it all the time. They have no self-control. Every 20 minutes, they got to pee. Just like a child. Or they want to drink a water. Now, I don't want y'all looking around Sunday. Say, oh, there go one. Oh, <laughs> I don't want you doing that. <laughs> the way he says it's too late. <laughs> okay. But I'm telling you, this is what happens. You can, you can spot it. You can look at people. You can locate them. Just by this. Just by these definitions. You see who they are. You got an out of control kid who is never controlled, who is never disciplined, who is never shown what to do, who's never trained. You'll have an, the same kind of an adult. Same thing. They won't be able to hold a job. Because when they should be working, they got to pee. <laughs> they want to drink a water. Okay, it's hot in here. I, I, I'm leaving here. Go ahead. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> now watch. Discipline. Second definition. Strict control to enforce obedience. Discipline. Strict control to enforce obedience. Let you write that down. Discipline, second definition. Strict control to enforce obedience. One of the worst things in the world is when you have somebody's child at your house and you give them the guidelines. You don't run, you don't eat in the living room. You don't carry, just to walk around, chewing on stuff, dropping crumbs, okay? And they don't understand. You know why they don't understand? Because that's what they do at home. 
they wasn't trained at home. So when they get to your house, they want to treat your house like they treated their house because they don't see anything wrong with it. Everybody just keep looking straight ahead. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's one of the worst things in the world. And then what's even worse, watch this. If you got them for two or three days, it only takes a couple of days for them to catch on. It only takes, it don't even take a couple of days if you stay on them. And they'll tell you, I know I don't devote to do that. <laughs> it doesn't take long. But watch this. They go home, they come back to you, it's another mess. It's another mess. You got two options. You got another mess, or they'll come back, and they say, I know I can't do that here. Which means that little sucker knows. He knows. He knows what he can get away with and where he can get away with it. Discipline. Don't you just love that word? I just love that word. I'm telling you, I'm I'm sneaking up on you in the back end here. I'm really talking about money. <laughs> I, I, I'm really talking about money, but I, I didn't I didn't want I didn't want to hurt you. You know, early. I, I was gonna say that till the end to tell you I was really talking about money. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it'll be over in a minute. You get, just hold on, just one minute. It'll be over. All right. Strict discipline. Strict control to enforce obedience. Look at it where money is concerned. Strict control to enforce obedience. Look at it where money is concerned. Strict control to enforce obedience. Look at it where money is control, concerned. Strict control to enforce obedience. We know that God does not need our money. But yet he demands us to tithe and to give an offering. Strict control to enforce obedience. That's what tithing is all about. He's training you to be disciplined. And if you could get that discipline down and just pass it on to your household affairs and just pass it on to your affairs in the mall and pass it on to your affairs when it comes to, you know, buying this and that. You know, ladies call this and that a car and a fur coat. When a man says this and that, He's talking about a, a Pepsi and, you know, and, and maybe a new set of razors, or, you know, you know, something like that. But see, you, you got a strict control to enforce obedience. That's another definition for discipline. And God requires that stewards be faithful and disciplined. Hallelujah. Number three. For discipline, orderly conduct, orderly conduct, orderly conduct. If you don't keep things in order, if it's always a mess, 
And it's something I had to work on because I, I, I was a little piece of paper person. I write everything on a little piece of paper. And then when it comes time to find that little piece of paper, I, I lose an hour and a half looking for that little piece of paper. Thank God for computers. Orderly conduct. You know, something I had said years ago that, uh, that I did in, in one of, the, one of the, uh, the financial classes. In my wallet, all my bills face the same way. In my wallet, all the fives are together, all the tens are together, all the twenties are together, all the singles are together. I got a lot of singles. But they all together. It's orderly. And because that's orderly, I remember when we did the uh, the faith center and we had people to come and uh, we had the hostesses to take them around. And uh, my aunt, uh, my aunt from Brooklyn, she was there and she, uh, whoever took her up to, uh, to the bedroom, and she looked in my closet and she saw all these suit bags lined up on the shelf. And all the shirts lined up on it. She said, that's Carrie's closet. Why'd she say that? Because that's just the way I am. It's in order. It's got to be in order. I can't. I keep my shoes in the shoe boxes. And I got labels on the boxes. Wait a minute now. Do you have to open 15 boxes to find the pair of shoes that you want? Keep looking straight ahead now. Keep looking straight ahead. Don't answer that question. Don't, don't answer that. Or better yet, do you have to go through the pile to find the matches? Some say no, some just smiling. Others are looking down. <laughs> Order. Order. It's a part of discipline. Order. Orderly conduct. God is a God of order. Sun never rises in the West. Not gonna. Summer and winter are not gonna switch places. Orderly conduct. Oh my, I gotta end, gotta end. Fourth definition discipline. A system of rules. You got to have a system of rules. How can you expect your children to be orderly if you don't give them any rules? They don't know what to do. They do whatever they want to do because you didn't give them any rules. You got to give your money rules. I said you have to give your money rules. I said you have to give your money rules. Your money should cry out to you and said, you already bought that. You don't need five more. Huh? A system of rules. You got to have some rules when it comes to handling God's money. I said a long time ago, I, I keep God's money over here and my money over here. That's the rule. I got to do that because otherwise God's money becomes spendable. Did you hear me? We got a whole lot of preachers messed up today because of that. They didn't mean any harm. 
and they plan to put it back. But things happen and they were never able to put it back. And they got in a lot of trouble just because they were out of order. No rules. No system of rules. Just do whatever. Just do whatever. You know, what comes in, whatever I want, I buy it. How you going to pay the rent? How you going to buy food? But I got what I wanted. When that check came in, hey, we getting this thing. There got to be some rules. You got to set some rules for yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody excited tonight. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Discipline. Final, uh, final word definition. Treatment that corrects or punishes. Treatment that corrects or punishes. This is discipline. Treatment that corrects or punishes. Now you say, well, you're an adult. No one has a right to do that. God does. God does. He has a right to do it. You gave him that right. When you raise your hand and call Jesus Lord, you said, I give you the right to correct me, to discipline me, to spank me, to do whatever is necessary to keep me obedient to you. And you never get too old to be disciplined. Hallelujah. So it's treatment that corrects or punishes. If I'm not willing to correct or punish you, I don't love you. Amen. Amen. And I don't care what the world says, you need to discipline and correct your children. And you need to be right so you can tell them right. You need to be disciplined so you can tell them how to be disciplined. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to do one more thing. We gonna, can I have five more minutes? Turn to Proverbs. We're going to get some more word in, a little bit more word anyway. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6, and we'll end with this. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Now check that out. He's telling us to look at the ant for wisdom. An insect. An insect. He's telling us to look at an insect for wisdom. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways, the ant, and be wise, which having no guide, watch this, no guide, no ruler, no overseer, no guide, no overseer, no ruler, no God, no ruler, no overseer. Provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. 
He has an insect with nobody ruling over it, got sense enough to harvest and save the harvest because they know summer's coming and we got to eat all summer. And here it is, people can't discipline themselves. So the book of wisdom tells us to look at the ant for wisdom. And it's a sobering thought. What are we doing? What are we doing? Here we have brains and the mind of Christ and we have, uh, we have understanding and we, we can reason. And we're doing some of the craziest things in the world, not following what the word says. And here an ant, an insect, he says, look to that insect for wisdom on how you're handling your affairs. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. We honor you and bless you, Lord God. And we believe that that word is sinking down deep into our spirits, is creating in us the harvest that you desire for us. Father God, in these last days, we have covenanted with you that we will be good stewards, we'll be faithful, Lord God, and we'll be the ministers that you require. No, we understand it's not easy, but it's necessary, and you would not ask us to do anything that you didn't first give us the power to do it. We thank you for it and bless you and give your name the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you receive something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon. Thank you.